0: Welcome to the Michael Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Bierman, and I am here with my friend and trusty producer, Max Kerman. But Max, we're not the only ones here today. We have some very special guests for the open. (laughs) You said that so sensually.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, for good reason.
0: Yes, today on the show, uh, we have our ladies, uh, Danica and Lauren. Say hello.
2: Hello. Hey.
0: Ladies, welcome (laughs) on the show. So uh, say who you are.
2: Okay, uh, I'm Lauren. I'm Max's girlfriend of about five and a half years. I've been listening to this podcast for quite a while now. and
1: You don't listen, listen that often, it. though. <laughs> I,
2: I, I, listen to the, I listen to the parts that Max plays for me uh, and insists on me listening.
0: Yeah, she does not subscribe uh, to the podcast okay. or download them. We'll change that after this. Yeah. And now you? Lovely lady. (laughs) Uh,
3: So Danica, um, Mike's fiance. I I subscribe to the podcast, but I do not listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: You know, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to have you guys on the pod because uh, you are our better half. Uh,
0: So for our listeners, uh, this is how this pod came together. I'm hanging out. I'm actually getting Indian food and I get a call on my phone. It's Max, the producer of the show. This is Mike. I have an idea.
1: I said, why don't we get the ladies uh, on the show to talk about health? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because Lauren and I were about to go get some ice cream uh, <laughs> and you guys were getting Indian food. And, you know, after, like, a weekend of sort of, like, binging, uh, you know, I like to think about, okay, this week is going to be different. And I feel like I've talked to you on a lot of Sundays, Mike, yeah. where you go, it's like, oh, nothing but soup this week. I'm going to get, uh, this is the week. I pull it all together.
0: <laughs> I say it every Sunday. Uh, yeah. And I always fail.
1: <laughs> and By Tuesday, you're having yeah. pints of Guinness with Brandy. Big Mac. Yeah. yeah. It's a
0: never-ending cycle.
1: Yeah. So um, I thought it would be good because I feel like uh, Lauren and Danica are very uh, healthy people. And and just more mindful of like nutrition. So, I guess I wanted to start. uh, Danica, (laughs) Mm -hmm. do you have to have serious conversations with Mike about his diet and, (laughs) and his exercise?
3: No, I kind of, I, yeah, he's not a good influence on me. (laughs) I'll echo that. Yeah, like I still (laughs) go along with whatever he's getting, but I'll just like eat appropriately and then let him binge.
0: And let him like Mm -hmm. devour the bag of chips or something? Well, and for a penny and for a pound, you know. (laughs) If I'm going to go to McDonald's, I might as well get the side piece of nuggets as well. The side piece of nuggets? Yeah, you get a little six nugget with the Big Mac. (laughs) And the fries? And the fries. (laughs) Supersize the fries.
3: Yeah, okay. but I let him do his own thing.
1: Okay, so know. you so you don't have any because for me, Lauren is sort of like the Max whisper. She knows how to like uh, convince me to to do better things for my own health. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Lauren, how how does this happen? How do you whisper to Max?
2: Uh, I would say it's been a very slow process over the past five and a half years that we've been dating. It probably would have started out like at month six with like a small suggestion or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) did you know? Uh, And it slowly (laughs) shaped its way into uh, probably something much larger. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Max seems to enjoy it. Actually, we've discussed this before about every 99 of every 100 comments goes over great. Max really appreciates it. And he takes my advice and feels better about himself for it. The other one out of 100 uh, generally starts a fight
4: uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> or some other generally negative interaction where uh, that one piece of advice was really not wanted. So my my biggest struggle is trying to find the right balance between Gently guiding him in the right direction and uh, being too pushy.
0: Yeah, no, she's very good about it. Well, it's working because I feel like you constantly get comments, mostly from Shane, about how thin you're looking these days.
1: (laughs) But Shane's out of control.
0: Maybe actually, you're doing such good work with Max. Maybe you could shoot me a text, Lauren, every (laughs) once in a while. Just, you know, did you know, Mike, that a salad instead of a Big Mac might be a decent choice? This
2: might be worth the consideration as a second career. Just drop out of school and become a full-time to the
0: Champagne Boys (laughs) nutritionist. To the Champagne Boys, (laughs)
2: boys. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. All I ask is that I get an office in the
1: clubhouse Ooh, yeah. The clubhouse. for our listeners uh, the champagne boys are considering
0: buying a piece of property and making it a bit of a clubhouse slash uh, business enterprise so Danica and I went to Michigan this weekend antiquing and on the drive down the message came through hey we're all looking at the clubhouse Monday night with mm-hmm. like the link to the real estate uh, listing and I was like, hmm, I'm gonna go look at some property on Monday night. And Danica looks like she's like, you're actually gonna like get into this thing. What are your guys' thoughts on us all going in twenty ways on a piece of property? <laughs> yeah, they're twenty champagne boys. Uh, and <laughs> like, me, I me. got this one.
3: <laughs> Who first? Yeah. Um, well, I think my biggest thing with that was the way to tell your partner that you're buying a home with 16 other people <laughs> is not to let her oversee a text message. <laughs> uh, and also, I just think it's a poor choice to, A, go into business with friends and family in general, yeah. let alone 16 friends, or even <laughs> if it ends up being 10 friends, I think that's still...
0: What if we get it down to eight, guys?
3: <laughs> I, I still just think, you know, you guys have a great thing going and it's on a friend level. I, I don't understand introducing money into the equation.
0: So, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on the pod, Danica.
3: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Lauren, what do you make of this? Do What do you think of the Champagne Boys uh, Clubhouse?
3: Yeah, well,
2: a little background about myself. I'm currently doing my MBA, my master's in business. And uh, I have not, you know, I, I would not call myself a business expert by any means. But the little that I do know uh, tells me that this is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs>
0: Um, We're still pressing forward. Yeah.
1: Here, oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You're not stopping us. You're not dissuading. More us. enthusiastic. This, this than is ever. the one out of the hundred that I reject your your advice exactly. and, I, and I pull a tantrum. Exactly. <laughs> so the other thing I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about was uh, the Much Music Video Awards are coming up, and the iHeartRadio Radio Much Music. So the iHeart Radio Much Music Video Awards are coming up, and the Pod is getting a pretty prevalent like location in the building. We got like attract- a studio. We have a real studio because last year we were in a closet, like a, a tiny closet. As
0: listeners of the pod uh, will remember. So,
1: uh, which means we're going to have a chance to talk to some, ce- like, bigger celebrities this time. Mm. And I know uh, it's... Well, my- you know
0: who's hosting the awards this year.
1: Well, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. But, uh, Gigi Hadid. Yes. She is the host of the show and we are maybe going to get her on the podcast. Now... She also just broke up with Zayn. There's big news. So what are the ground rules with hitting on Gigi Hadid? <laughs> uh, and, like, and, if, and if there's a vibe, how far can I pursue it, Lauren?
2: It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, I'm not going to dignify that question with a response. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say you have some pretty tough competition because I think last year, Drake... Gave try. her a shout out, and yeah. if Drake mm. wasn't successful, then Max. No offense, but
1: uh, okay, uh, Danica, I got a question. Do you think either of us have a, a chance with Gigi Hadid no. if we were single? Uh,
3: no. No. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I, to be honest, I don't know a lot about this woman, but I <laughs> <This> feel, <woman. laughs> I feel like she's a. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in line for her. Uh huh. And. I don't know. I don't know if your twenty minute interview is gonna convert her. No.
0: All right. Okay. Well, start listening to the pod. Nice. You'll see they're pretty good interviews.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: start,
0: but all Mike's the best. Insulted. Start listening to the pod. <laughs> good
3: luck to you. <laughs>
0: all right, we got a good luck. Yeah.
3: I feel like we're coming off too negative. No.
0: No, really. you're, <laughs> not. no you're not. No. You're like, oh, no. don't
3: we're... do these fun things with your friends. <laughs> yeah, you're not humble. Maybe really, yeah. you couldn't get Gigi. You're so unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> and your yeah. club is stupid.
1: Max, you
0: paint them into a corner. They're, they're
2: yeah.
1: uh, you guys have brought up a good point that
0: uh, <laughs> you guys are hearing Max backtrack in real time now. <laughs> He's running it back. Here. Uh,
1: no, but I feel like uh, no. First of all, you girls are obviously very fun, and and you are our better half.
2: Uh, <laughs> Why am I not believing this? <laughs>
1: um so uh and also we should probably give a little background uh to our listeners uh because uh, danica and mike as some of you may know are getting uh married and i'm and i kind of i like to hear the origin stories and i kind of know but you can refresh my memory and tell our listeners when was the first time
0: you met danica
3: so we went to high school together
0: yeah i was Uh, a teacher she was a (laughs) minor -er. minor i'm kidding (laughs)
3: Well, so Mike dated my best friend, Natalie. (laughs) So I've known Mike since he was dating Natalie. Uh, And what
1: was your first impression of Mike?
3: I did not like Mike at all. (laughs) That
1: was like my first impression of Mike. I I don't like him either. I have a way with people.
3: I (laughs) I thought Mike was... Well, I, I'm a very quiet, shy, like, introverted person, and Mike is the exact opposite of that. So I found, like, we were just, like, too opposite. And, uh, yeah, like, I found him annoying. <laughs> um, sorry.
0: No, it was a great idea to have you girls on this podcast.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wasn't a big fan. I definitely could only take him in small doses.
0: <laughs> it just keeps uh, going. Yeah. When do get to the yeah. part where you fall in love with me? <laughs>
3: But then, yeah, him and Nally broke up. uh, Years passed. And then, you know, we kind of reconnected when I was in college. And I was a professor. (laughs) (laughs) That joke works every time. (laughs) Yeah. So we reconnected like what, what that would have been like five, six years later. Yeah. And hit it off. I I was hesitant at first, obviously because of the Natalie connection, and didn't uh, want to ruffle any feathers there. And and how do you
1: become less annoying, or you were more extroverted, or he was just like
3: I think I was just into guys in bands uh, at that point. I I, I, I was, thought it was pretty cool that he was you know singer in a band.
1: Yeah, yeah. one uh, can relate.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and and uh, what was your first impression of old uh, well, Danica here?
0: Well. That first time when I was dating her friend, Dan was kind of very young. Like, she was like, to me, Dan was just really quiet and really sweet. But, like, I wasn't, like, I didn't really pay much attention to her.
3: I was definitely, like, a late bloomer. In my friends, I was more like a little sister than I was, like, uh, the same age as them.
0: Cut to when I'm rocking out in the band, uh, (laughs) I start to notice this girl Danica got hot i'm like oh my goodness that's danica i'm like she's coming to these shows so i start talking to her at the shows i'm like oh my goodness she's so funny and smart and charming i'm like i immediately started crushing like hard and like all like the next like 20 songs i wrote were all about her Uh. yeah and then i just started working on it like chipping away and she wasn't having it because of her because i dated her friend years before she was like i don't you know it's not really she was she was very respectful and i had to just keep i wouldn't let up maxi boy
1: 10 years later you're getting married let's uh let's shift gears to the broods interview
0: we have broods yeah and i I heard about broods originally from lauren
1: and lauren just for our listeners uh lauren is you're six years younger than me yeah Yeah. six years younger than me and so she keeps me up to date with what's going on in youth culture young person come in here i have a question (laughs) it's true but yeah so i wasn't there for this interview you were not but uh in doing research so broods is a brother and sister duo they sure are they're from new zealand Absolutely. And Georgia the singer, she's uh, already married.
0: That's right. Did yeah. you ask
1: her any questions about her marriage? I didn't
0: ask her about her marriage, but she's young. She's like twenty-one maybe? yeah I can't remember. But um actually after the interview, we were kind of sitting there for a bit talking about Game of Thrones and oh, yeah. uh, different theories about different characters. So I was they like, oh, yeah. yeah. They were tell- they're telling me a story about how they saw Jon Snow, uh Kit Harrington, lounging by a pool in LA and he came up to uh, Georgia the singer. Because yeah, his sister's a huge fan. his, oh, little, his really? little sister. So he got a photo with Broods at this pool. In oh, that's got to be cool. Yeah.
1: He had to be this like band from New Zealand and have like the actor and the biggest show on TV going, yeah. oh, Can I get a picture with you?
0: Yeah. They both said he was very attractive in person. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah I believe it.
1: Well, anyway, I just want to say that uh, shout out to Danica and Lauren.
0: Thank you yeah. guys for coming on the you pod today. Keep us
1: in line. If it our weren't pleasure. for you guys, uh, we'd, we'd be in a ditch somewhere and the Champagne Boys would be like, Dan would be shoveling our grave or something. Yeah. We'd just be hanging out with them the whole time and be dead.
0: Or we'd be on our second clubhouse by now. So you never know uh, <laughs> if it's a good or a bad thing. But um, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Dan could literally just rolled her eyes at me like I'm a moron. <laughs> All right. We'll see if this ever happens again. Let's get to Brute's. All right. Well, I kind of wanted to start at the beginning, you know, and uh, yeah. kind of talk about, you know, what kind of music you guys had going on in the house growing up, you know, what were the influences?
5: Um, early influences. Early on, not the kind of music that we play. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, like early on,
4: I guess we were listening to a lot of um, Eagles. They yeah. played a lot of the Eagles, a lot of Neil Diamond, and then Mum would play like a lot of like Amy Grant.
5: Yeah.
4: Um, the Cause. Okay. The chorus. <laughs> Yeah.
5: yeah, we just listened to um, whatever our parents liked, a lot of 70s soft rock. Because
4: <laughs> it was the 90s mm-hmm. in New Zealand, so you had to listen to
0: a lot of Crowded House. Have yeah. you guys seen that Eagles documentary? Yes.
5: I have not.
0: The first part is amazing. Oh, both, both parts. Yeah, great. well the second part, they're kind of, they're older and then they're kind of doing the reunion tour, but Yeah. The first part, like the, the so evolution, interesting. Is, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and you have not seen it?
5: No, we got it for our dad for so <sighs> Christmas one, yeah.
0: Very worthy Christmas present.
5: I haven't, haven't watched it yet. No. Yeah, he, he loved it, though.
0: <laughs> when did... um? So, like you said, your parents had a lot of sort of their music. When did you guys start to sort of find your own tastes, you know, and sort of get outside of those, those tunes that your parents were listening to? I mean, I guess for me it was high school.
5: Yeah, I think both of us kind of... I don't know. I've always been really into singer songwriter stuff because I guess like that's what mum and dad played. And then I kind of found my own singer songwriters that I was really into. And then when we got to high school, Caleb went through like a massive indie rock phase that I, obviously being his younger sister, just thought I'd be a part of as well.
4: <laughs> yeah, is this anything like a lot of UK indie rock from like and?
5: I like eight.
4: Even onwards.
0: Yeah, Any, anyone like in particular that really sort of yeah. stood out to you? Yeah, like
4: well, probably the most was Bombay Basketball Club. Okay. They had their, like first record and then um,
0: like Early Falls, um, Tudor Cinema Club. Yeah, Tudor Center Club. There yeah, yeah, yeah. All those guys. And what yeah. were some of the same songwriters that you were gravitating toward?
5: Um Well, I've always loved Lucky Lee and Bat for Lashes, but... When I was in high school, I was, like, really obsessed with Imogen Heap and um, Regina Spectre. Actually, me and my friends had a little bit of an unhealthy obsession with Regina Spector. <laughs> um, but those kind of female, like, singer-songwriters that have, like, very, like, elaborate music and um, the themes that they sing about are, are not, like, your typical... Um, guess radio songs sure yeah <laughs> you know? yeah. but I was, i've always found it really interesting to like hear people singing about such random things and such like because you kind of it makes it so mysterious like what are they singing about <laughs> yeah
3: yeah like, there's a little mystery of the to the lyrics, sort of, yeah. yeah a lot of
5: the lyrics are very mysterious which i found like um really intriguing and i loved it
0: were your parents are, are your parents musical people yeah yeah, I like
4: my mom's Alma. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Just like, my mom. <laughs> our mom's, uh She works in like primary schools, and then mostly in their music departments. Yeah. And she teaches like flute and stuff and
0: guitar. Okay. And stuff like that. So yeah,
5: she taught me to play guitar. She also plays piano, and she taught me to sing. Wow,
0: and your father is he?
5: He plays guitar and. he just comedies. like buying
0: guitars mostly? <laughs> 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 just get different. Gear he like, he likes
4: yeah. to get another new, a new one every now and then because he thinks that'll make him play more. Yeah. But he never does. It just sits there. But he, every now and then he'll play, and yeah, he, he, he loves, loves playing it. guitar. But like, he doesn't really just, have much time for it. Doesn't
5: have the time for it. But our our mum and dad, um, will get together with, like our auntie and uncle, and then they have like their like.
4: Set of um, like 10 songs that set, they do. No, it's, it's
5: definitely more than 10 songs now. Like it's
4: <laughs> now, but it's usually only around.
5: They've there. got their classics, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. what is what is it?
0: Julio Down,
5: Down at School Yard.
0: Yeah, by Paul Simon um, oh, Okay, yeah, um, they can do like a whole 45 minute set as yeah. a group of them. If they need yeah, to. just yeah.
5: full on four part harmony Ever. the whole time. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. They, they, um, my favorite one is Horse with No Name.
0: Okay. Yep. All right. Um, well, it must be pretty thrilling for them to see the success that you guys are having and that you guys have sort yeah. of gone on to be in this yeah. sort of... I think they're yeah. very proud.
5: I think they're proud that, that we're, like, completely doing what we wanted to do with our kids. And, like, because they were always so encouraging when it came to our music and our creative side. Um,
4: yeah, they didn't make me take maths or science when I wanted to pick up two extra creative subjects in high school Yeah, right. I was like yeah fine just work hard <laughs> yeah like if you're gonna do it just do you it just, yeah if you're gonna then, do it yeah. then yeah do it good
5: I yeah. think that was that was like the, the part that made us kind of never really take um I guess never really see a, a career outside of creative industries for us like it was always going to be like music or caleb studied design and and i am only really good at music but it's all right <laughs> <laughs> well it's working out so yeah
0: um i think i read you guys have three older siblings as well it's
5: two uh, younger two young, one yeah. older
0: oh okay and then what's the age difference between you two, two it's years. just two years between okay. us was there ever any thought to sort of adding the other siblings into this this thing
5: they're actually incredible musicians and songwriters in their own right as well. Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: One of them's only 14, so we probably can't, you know, bring her on the road <laughs> we'll Let her finish high school first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. And then our older brother's um, an engineer, so he's, uh, he's, like, he's doing he's okay, a... I guess. He's
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just like, apparently he got all the brains and yeah. he got all the creative
0: <laughs> <laughs> juices, I guess. So how did you start it? Is it something because you're the older sibling, was it like... You sort of picking up guitar, you're writing, and then you're jumping in, or is it like a conscious? Hey, the two of us, let's start this group. Let's start writing tunes together.
4: I mean, we played in bands in high school that our kind of music teacher would like put us like kind of get together with all these like all of our cousins actually, (laughs) (laughs) because they were all musical as well. And then a few of our friends, and then we'd like play in band competitions and stuff like that. And that's how we kind of started writing together. Yeah. And then went, once we, like, moved away for uni and stuff, then we kind of writing, started writing, just the two of us, and we're went all right, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> apparently. I think music fans tend to sort of romanticise places that they're not from. And So, I mean, I guess there's an interesting... What's the music scene in New Zealand like? You know, what, what's the culture like there? Is there a community? Is there, you know...
5: Yeah, there definitely is. I think because such a small industry, um, you... You kind of, (laughs) you get to know um, everybody pretty well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think everybody kind of has each other's backs in in the New Zealand music industry, which is pretty cool. And, like, everybody goes to each other's gigs and and there's a lot of, like, um, collaborations within, like... There's also a lot of, like, um,
4: amazing government funding towards, like... Oh, that's good. ...new artists. Like, every month or two months, there's 10 artists that get grants... For like music videos, singles, recording, so you can like have no kind of management or anything like that. If you send them in a demo, they like there's a, a chance that you might get ten thousand dollars to do like to pursue a, to your to like record yeah. a single and
5: yeah yeah it's pretty amazing. I think a lot of people have like there's I think the reason that we got um, discovered I guess is through this competition that. Runs Back through all the there. high schools. Um, and, like, a lot of New Zealand musicians have um, come from this competition. Pretty wow.
0: much all of them.
5: Yeah. And then
0: there's, like... is it? Would that be, like, the main pipeline for New Zealand? I,
5: I totally think it is, like...
4: And then there's, like, our mate who beat us, like, came first in New Zealand, <laughs> and we came second one year, and he... Like we live in LA together and he like just produced like the latest Justin Bieber single and (laughs) it's just like it's pretty like mental, like
5: it's it's awesome though. It's it's pretty I I guess that's like
4: but we are like, little 18-year-olds together in, like, 2010,
0: just, yeah. like, rocking out at these competitions. Is there, is there, I mean, with competitions and sort of entering these things, is that, like... Because I think here there's more of, like a, like, a gigging aspect. You know, you kind of start a group and mm. you just kind of, like, grind. Mm. Yeah. Is there any, like, like stigma with, like, doing the competitions or is that just the way it's done? It's, like, let's enter these things, let's... No, it's it just, out. like, in high
4: school, it's just, like, the best way for you to get your music out there or just, like, learn how to perform and yeah. stuff like that, so... Yeah,
5: it's such a like a massive thing especially when we're at high school and it just kind of has been growing and growing like entering this comp like it was called rock quest and um entering this this competition was just like what you did if you're a musician in high school like our our music teacher at high school like would um mentor like whoever wanted to be in a band and he'd like encourage people to go and like make groups because that's when you really learn how to um perform and like properly um, like
4: understand music when you start playing with other people yeah sure because
5: you have to be tight you have to like be aware of what what else is going on around and like it's it's pretty um you probably have to learn to collaborate too yeah and yeah actually totally work well with others yeah i mean and um i mean solo acts always um enter as well but like it's it's a pretty special opportunity to just kind of like be front on the deep end <laughs> like you have to play only, in a band
4: there's only one like real main center in New Zealand like population wise so gigging is not really like an option for a lot of people because there's a lot of small towns so you know you don't really you're not going to go
0: town to town when you're only going to
4: get like a spot at like a pub or something if you're going to play like three hours of covers so that yeah they're not going to get you into like play your original music so
0: do you think outside of those competitions, like, someone would have to... Like, you know, in, in this country, for sure, if you're from a smaller town, it's like you're going to come to Toronto or one of these larger sort of, like, areas like Vancouver or Toronto. Yeah. Do, do you find that that's the same sort of thing there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Either Wellington or...
5: Or Auckland. Auckland. I mean...
4: Wellington's a lot more, like, alternative. Jazz,
5: sure. Lots Jazz. There's a massive jazz scene in, in uh, Wellington because it's like, where jazz school is. But um, I think... Auckland is kind of where you go to be part of, like, the industry, so that's where, like, the business side of it is as well. Like, oh, okay. So, um, I guess that's, like, what made us move to Auckland was to be a part of, like, the actual New Zealand music industry. Like, um, there's always, like, a scene in every town, but it's different, I guess, from, I suppose it's the same over here. Like, yep. it's different town to town. Absolutely. Like, different types of music, like, go down better <laughs> in different towns. Definitely. Um, but... I think Auckland's the most um, like eclectic like there's a lot of, of different types of music to see
0: um, did you guys meet Joel Little from
5: yeah, these competitions the competition, yeah he was a judge <laughs> oh it <really>? was <laughs> so yeah. yeah
0: and that was the beginning of the collaboration because you guys yeah. co-write with him he produces
5: yeah yeah he produced the whole of the first record and a lot like pretty much had he pretty much had like something to do with every single song on this record apart from one.
0: Mm. Like, oh wow
5: yeah
0: um this record conscious that's coming out in june i believe yeah. uh lord is guesting on it she i just uh, a co- co-writer oh co-writer okay cool oh, yeah. one 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 one. is that a collaboration or i guess a relationship that you guys had cultivated naturally outside or is that like a joel thing
4: it's more of a joel was- thing like because we don't have a I guess, like, super relationship really, we with her, really like, because we're always doing different <laughs> stuff yeah. all the time, like, sure. both of us. so.
5: It's hard to kind of, like, actually see other people that are tour, like, touring artists. <laughs> right, like, it's the fact very, that
0: you're both in the same. Like, city when you, at you the actually see them, it's
5: like, whoa! <laughs> but, um, Joel, like, we were both writing, and um, Joel had been working with her, and he'd been working, like, with us, like, for the for a couple of weeks and, and then he just told us one morning I've invited Ella to come to tomorrow's session and we're like oh sweet sweet
0: you write that song yeah <laughs> and how do you find like a session like, like do, you, do you get excited to write or you're kind of like nervous like what if it doesn't gel what if she's got weird ideas it's a
5: bit of both you know like yeah. it's um sometimes when you go into a session that you've with somebody that you've never run with um, especially if you don't know them <laughs> like it can be a little bit like I need to prove myself I don't know if like my ideas are good right now, but um, I guess it, once you like I think actually get it was a bit of both
4: from both sides as well. Of course, yeah. She was like watching us like play on everything, where she's like she's like a visual like she hears everything but doesn't really play anything. But she's like, you guys play instruments? What's going on? <laughs>
5: <laughs> but I I guess that was a cool part about it is that like when you work with another artist or producer you kind of learn how their process is different to yours and then you can kind of like learn from steal a couple bits yeah steal some ideas (laughs) um but it's always like really beneficial as like for your growth as an artist like the more you collaborate the more you learn about you know what you can do what you can don't like to do like it's, it's, yeah it's pretty awesome and I think the more you collaborate the faster that happens as well yeah
0: with um I like on this podcast we talk to a lot of artists about sort of like we like to get into the minutiae of how they do their work how they create their creative and I guess like you know for your single free like can you walk us a bit through like sort of the start to back is that something where you two sit down and you have an idea and then you bring it to Joel or is it like the three of you like front to back lyrically and how a song like that comes about how does that work Do you have like it, chord structure and the melody adds it's always different
5: for free we started like, it from scratch oh no, no you had a beat and a bass line
4: I had like a demo yep. it was super aggressive like even more aggressive than free is <laughs> right and like um, we just took the beat out of that and then like started revamping really it and while like Joel and I and Georgia were Playing around with it and building it up, I guess, then Georgia starts like
5: singing stuff stuff (laughs) and thinking about lyrics
4: like at that time while we're trying to build up the track, and then it just kind of happens simultaneously.
0: Do lyrics or melody come first?
5: Sometimes um, it depends like what the song's about. Like for a song that we start from scratch, like that kind of thing, not mm, half and half to be honest. Like, I I, I write a lot of stuff like in my Like memo on my phone yeah (laughs) like whenever I think of something or like I feel like I've I've got like a poem or or just even like one line like I always write it down in my phone and then like when we go into the studio I'll kind of like go through and think does any of this work and then but for free I think everything was pretty much done like from scratch in the studio first lyric that came up with was I'd lose everything, so I could sing hallelujah, I'm free, and then we just kind of built on that because that line just kind of totally like grasped the the feeling of the song and like the mm. the way we wanted to, you know.
4: And then the R's uh, attack like it, uh, all that stuff. It was like we were trying to find like lyrics for it. And then we just kind of went, in there, nah, it
0: doesn't need lyrics. It's, yeah. like,
5: powerful on its yeah. own, you know? It's yeah. like a cry. <laughs> it's like a war cry. <laughs>
0: totally. Um, we're kind of in an era where, like, young female front women, we mentioned Lord and, like, Grimes, you know, they're sort of reviewed for speaking out on women's equality issues, things like that. As a young singer with a significant platform yourself, you know, as sort of a front woman, how do you see your role in that conversation? Do you think about it? Is it something that yeah. necessarily matters?
5: Yeah, it definitely matters, and I think... Um when you have a platform like you said, you you can't like uh, exploit like that opportunity or or like take advantage of it and and I think for me, it's taken me like a, a couple of years to really like figure out who I am as like a, a woman yeah. <laughs> so so it's um, I guess for me, I don't really want to like, go and say things willy-nilly without like really believing in them so I guess for me I've been kind of like taking my time and like doing my research (laughs) and um and deciding what's really important to me because I guess that's the only thing that you can't be wrong on is like what's important to you um so for me I'm still trying to figure out like who like what my voice is supposed to be used for I guess because um, there are a lot of things that I'm passionate about, but should probably just you know <laughs> calm down about. <laughs> but um, be
0: sure before you speak.
5: Yeah, I think I as I see so many like people just blurting out these like things that they haven't thought about and they just get ripped to pieces. And I just really want to make sure that like what I say actually has some essence and actually has some some value to it and will actually affect people people positively because. Like that's like the last thing I want to do is like affect people negatively because it's just just really shitty. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, Lastly, I mean, you guys have been, you're so successful already at such a sort of young age. How do you guys sort of like grasp the concept of success? Is it sort of like, well, we really, like I guess I want to know, are you kind of like, hey, this is awesome. We're super excited to be along for the ride or is it like, you know, we're careerists and we take, like music very seriously is it somewhere in the middle is it like it's always
4: totally somewhere in the middle yeah. like we we take our music seriously <laughs> yeah yeah
5: <laughs> it would be pretty exhausting if we were like constantly just like serious about everything that we're doing oh
4: uh, like yeah hardcore careerists no yeah well i don't i don't think either of us will ever be like that
5: no <laughs> i mean at the end of the day like we love what we do and we really we don't take any anything for granted that we've been given and, and we really appreciate like all the support that we've been given and stuff um but we're not going to like
4: you put, get put like
5: the career before the music like
4: yeah it's not about like money or anything like that it's it's like our view is kind of let's just all we have into this music and performing and stuff like that and if yeah success happens sure then it does. And, and that's fantastic. And then we've
5: gotten there the way that we want to get there. And I think well actually that's kind of what free is about, you know like I'd lose everything so I can sing, hello yeah, I'm free, blah blah blah. That's like about the fact that um all the things, all the material things that we've been given to make music um or that we've received from making music is is just like they don't really mean shit like it's, it can it's, be
0: trappings there's it, it, almost yeah, like they're negative exactly. all of these yeah. all the things that we're sort of told are amazing like money and success that can come from you know making great music and being yeah. recognized for it can also maybe be can hold you back
5: yeah totally i think they not i mean like money is amazing for, for um making things happen <laughs> and um i guess like everybody's gonna make a living but but for us, it's um.
4: It's good to make a while. Well. You probably can.
5: Yeah.
4: You never like this, <laughs> this industry. So bloody. It's frugal. so it's just like, You don't know when it's just going to go. Oh, actually, that album
5: was bad. not good. <laughs> sure, but,
4: um, we don't like that. Yeah. Uh, we will be like, okay.
3: Well, okay. <laughs> we tried. <laughs>
4: <laughs> go learn a trade. No,
5: yeah. it, it's cool, and I think we'll always do do music whether it's um in front of people and like in front of thousands of people or in front or of like a pub it's even like if
4: it's just for yourself
5: yeah it's like it's one of those things that um if you're doing it for money then um you're not like doing it for uh, your people and and like the satisfaction comes from doing it for other people or doing it to express yourself and in turn like if you express yourself honestly then that's when you actually have a real connection with your fans and i think if you are making this type of music um that you, you kind of like have a formula to and that you know it's going to be successful and make you money then like it's hard to have that genuine um connection with the people that are listening in my opinion
0: <laughs> thanks for your time guys eh? no really problem. appreciate it thanks yeah. for having us All right,
1: so uh, we have a very special edition of The Dessert because Mike is not around. It is just Shane and me, Max. And I say good riddance to Good Mike. riddance yeah. to that guy. And uh, our friend Mark Myers. The reason why uh, Mike is not here is because we are in Memphis, Tennessee right now. And I know we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but uh, Shane is uh, co-directing an Arkells video. And so the Arkells have just arrived in Memphis after driving 16 hours. Uh, Shane has been in Tennessee for the last three days collecting or two days collecting Mm -hmm. uh, like visuals and shots uh, for the music video. And his co-directing partner, Mark Myers, an old colleague of his and friend, uh, just flew down today, uh, who's also going to be co-directing the video. And uh, we are going to be hanging out basically for the next 48 hours in Memphis tomorrow and Nashville the following day to film a music video for our song Drake's Dad. So uh, we thought it'd be fun in this uh, segment of Dessert to talk about the ins and outs of making a music video (laughs) and what all that entails. So um, I'm putting on my Mike Vierman uh, interview hat for a little bit here. And uh, so I want to know, so Shane, tell us about uh, the last couple days uh, in Tennessee. How'd you get here? Well, as you know, yeah. you helped
6: me move. Oh, that's so right. So literally <laughs> the day I had to fly out to come to Nashville. Yeah. Because um, that's where we started this whole trip in Nashville. And then we drove to Memphis. But uh, I kind of abandoned my fiance, Alex. Basically, once you and Julian... Yeah, uh, helped
1: move in all the boxes. For context, if you're just uh, tuning in uh, and you didn't hear the last episode, Shane and his uh, fiance uh, just bought a house and uh, they had a big move day on Saturday. And basically, most of the time, the champagne boys show up and help with the move and there's like 25 guys. Uh, for some reason, only two people showed up. I like- feel like I'm the least popular champagne <laughs> boy at all times. Would you say that's accurate? No, I don't know. People have a lot of excuses for getting out of your move-in day. I'll say I that. feel it with everything. Uh, uh, no, I think that has most to do with your own neurosis though, I'd say. Really?
6: Yeah, yeah. I, Where do you think I rank in popularity in champagne boyness? Uh you're my t- top 20. <laughs> There's 18 of us. <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> uh, and then as soon as we got all the boxes in, yeah. I went see you later and I got on a flight and she had to unpack all, All the shit. Yeah, did, she's still unpacking. In fact, did she
1: has she been sending any sort of text messages saying thanks yeah. for
6: nothing? Kind of she thing? said it took four hours to put together the ping pong table. Oh wow! Because remember that that was one of the
1: heaviest items. Yeah, that yeah, that was a real pain to move up the stairs. But uh, yeah, enough about her. Let's talk about the yeah. So, okay, Stab so, music so you video. leave uh, your fiance to unpack your new house, and uh, you fly down to Tennessee. You started to Nashville. Nashville to Nashville.
6: Yeah, and as you know. I was a little bit worried that because when we partied in Nashville, we did it on a weekend. Uh-huh. So I thought it'd be kind of dead on a Sunday night because that's the day I arrived. But it's f-ing bumping every day of the week. and it's <laughs> Well, it's actually the Country Music Awards are going on. So that might be uh, okay. a reason on a Sunday night it was like crazy. Yeah. But there's literally babes in every single bar, like blonde, like classic <laughs> Nashville babes. Yeah. And who are you down yeah. here with? It was just me. Um... Ryan Knight, who's our uh, cinematographer, and it was just us walking around. We couldn't believe it. Every bar is absolutely packed with
1: babes. And (laughs) I'm not sure if you
6: know this, but I'm not allowed to have a bachelor
1: party. No, I didn't know that.
6: You think I would be, right? Because Alex is such a, my fiance is such a cool girl. Yeah, she she doesn't seem to get jealous. She forebode it. Really? Yes. What was her explanation? Mike hasn't told you about this at all? No. Because Mike, my uh, best man. Yeah,
1: he wanted to organize something, I'm assuming.
6: He's planning it, but it has to be a co-batch. Yeah. Really? Yeah, what are your thoughts? But I think there's going to be like a sex show element in it or something. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) like strippers or something really yeah
1: wow well you know what we've had enough uh, we've had a lot of bachelor parties and there's going to be more bachelor parties so to switch it up a little bit i, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. so i'm i'm not gonna poo-poo this idea because i'm actually kind of excited because you know I, whoever
6: necessary. has the next one though i think it should be in nashville yeah because you know like dan hamilton he always wants to party with us one of the Champagne Boys. Yeah. But he never stays at a place longer than 10 minutes. He always goes, ah, this sucks. Let's get out I of here. Get to there's time. no girls here. And yes. he'll always leave, yeah. no matter where you are. Yeah. You would never do that in Nashville. Every no... bar is the best bar ever. <laughs> and there's so many prospects, if you're a single man, of course, yeah. and only if you're a single man, yeah. where you just want to <laughs> yeah. stay
1: there and pursue all the avenues all night. So, uh, and just, okay, we should remind just for a second here, because the reason why we're even shooting this video is there's a song on the new Arkells record, and it uh, takes place uh, in Memphis and Nashville. And people haven't heard the song yet. You're going to hear it probably. What's it called? It's called Drake's Dad. It's coming out uh, later in July. Uh, the record comes out in August. And um, the song is about a road trip that a bunch of the Champagne Boys took together. A bachelor party. A bachelor party. And uh, it started in Memphis. And then the next day it was in Nashville. And that's sort of where the song takes place. But uh, so for the music video, we are kind of recreating, to a certain degree, what, like, the, mm-hmm. what happened to The Bachelor? And we trip. met
6: Drake's dad on the we trip. We met Drake's
1: dad on the trip. And also, uh, where we're doing this podcast has significance because this is the very hotel that the Champagne Boys, there was about 16 of us on the trip, crammed into four rooms. So there's two guys mm-hmm. to a bed. Uh, How many stars do you think this hotel is? Uh, according to Google reviews, one one and a half stars, maybe. Oh, wow.
6: <laughs> they they bumped half a star on that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so uh, we are—we're not create, recreating the video shot for shot because if that was the case, uh, I'd have to have me vomiting off the side of the balcony here. Which That's a
6: classic was, Max move.
1: Anytime he's had more than two beers. Yeah, and my roommate Greg was said basically said, "Leave him behind. We need to get the show." <laughs> um, but enough of that. Um, I think our listeners of the show would be really interested in learning what it takes to put uh, put together a music video. So Shane, you were, you were in Nashville t- yesterday collecting footage, you're in Memphis. What did you get in Memphis today? Because uh, the band's not here. You're, you're getting like scenic stuff. Well, we're doing a lot
6: of behind the scenes stuff too. We're pursuing Drake's dad heavily. and uh, <laughs> Like the actual Drake's dad. Actually Drake's dad, Dennis Graham. Yeah. We should stop calling him Drake's dad actually. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Dennis Graham. <laughs> Uh, but he's unavailable right now. I still think we're gonna get him. But yeah. as of right now, as a fill in, we're getting Drake's uncle. Not sure of his name, so we will call him Drake's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but Drake's uncle, he's gonna wear a purple, like you know, let's call it, is a pimp suit. Okay. A- and uh, he's going. does he look like? They're brothers, I'm assuming, right? Drake's. Yeah, dad? it's. Okay. Uh, he's in the worst behavior video. They're very close. Okay. And this guy's mustache, like Drake's dad's mustache, is absolutely ridiculous, yeah. like ridiculously cool and big. Yeah. But this guy's about, uh, you know, maybe three quarters as big as that. Okay. But there's
1: definitely a similarity. And you've been in touch with him. Yeah, we've been in touch, we're shooting with him tomorrow. And what's the are you texting him or the emails? Or you have to phone him. We're we're working through
6: uh, the our producer. Is emailing someone who's directly in contact with uh, Drake's dad. Okay, and then we kind of get it through this middleman. Okay, cool. it's <laughs> kind of mysterious and weird. Because <laughs> I've been asking questions about this. I'm like, how, how does this work? It's like, we have a contact. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all very strange. So then, when we're not doing that, we're uh, we walked Beale Street, which is the the big, which is like the main, it's bar like strip. Vegas Strip out yeah. here, and we got an, uh, people from the worst behavior video, yeah. the Drake video. Who do all these backflips and shit? Okay, so we were filming that just right before you got here. So
1: you, were they like, what are these cameras doing? Are they
6: used to people filming? Do you think in Memphis, people love cameras? <laughs> like I think that goes for like just it's like for No, else. no, in Nashville, it's like a thousand bucks, like to do something. Really? Here, it's like, K- uh, are you? I'll sign anything. Will Will you give me a tip? And we're like, okay. We're like, they're like five bucks. We're like, yeah. And they'll they'll do anything for five dollar tip. So these guys are risking their lives doing backflips over old ladies just for a five dollar <laughs> tip and shit. It's amazing. In Nashville, they won't do that though. You actually like I had to give um, a guy in Nashville we, with gold teeth. We went to record him, yeah, and he wouldn't get out of his car to shoot with us. And I go, I'll pay you a dollar a second. <laughs> so he stood over ten
1: seconds, and I gave him ten bucks. <laughs> Okay, enough <laughs> of you, Shane. We right. have Mark. So uh, just so you guys know, when so Shane and Mark uh, collaborate uh, on a lot of... They, they did the Where You Go on Markel's video, uh, and they, they've collaborated at work as colleagues at Bell Media. We own a production company. We own together. a production company, and Shane, as you can probably tell, is the bigger personality of the two, uh, and Mark has not said a word yet. <laughs> and when they sign off on emails, it's Shane in big capital letters <laughs> and Mark in very small letters. But that's a joke. I feel like it's the yin and the yang relationship. Mark, what is your main duty as a video director uh, when it comes to your relationship with Shane and on this particular shoot?
7: On um, this one, uh, we're sharing, like, we are share duties like completely. Yeah. So the whole sh- uh, big Shane, small Mark is actually just a joke. Because usually I do Most of the more work. of the heavy lifting. <laughs> Mark! <laughs> uh, but actually, it's the exact opposite on this project. Shane's really carrying the load. Because he's been here. I just started a new job. I've been busy, but who isn't? But Shane's stepped up and dropped boxes off at his new house, and where he should still be at home, he stepped up and flew down here and Uh did heavy lifting, not with boxes, Mm -hmm. but with uh, mental and uh, physical music video prep um, while I've been back home. just But I find on every project that
6: we've ever done together, with a few exceptions, like uh, especially when it's an Arkells thing or something I've written, I do more work on the front end, maybe coming up with some ideas or writing. And then Mark, I think, on this and in every facet of life does more work on the back end. Yeah, like
1: like you do a lot of the, like so the editing and the post effects
6: and just like the really meticulous work. Uh, that Which is, is much harder and much more time consuming. Yeah. So while so I'm jealous. like home, like playing ping pong, he's like pulling three all-nighters in a row. Yeah. And then I come
7: in to review his. And like, then you go, edit.
1: eh, it could be a little tighter. Exactly. <laughs> and then we start fighting.
7: yeah. yeah because it's always easier to critique Uh I say like creation is difficult but being critical is is easy of course yeah but it's it's all it's usually always helpful to be to have a new set of eyes as frustrating as it is for someone to critique it because mm-hmm. you're like if, uh, and then you realize like oh yeah that's right And that's you, the beauty of your relationship mm-hmm. the fact that you guys trust each other's opinions and yeah. you can have open honest conversations.
1: so okay i so the Arcals have been driving as i said uh for 16 hours we I, we just got here it's 11 30 at night i knocked on your door you were in the middle of a meeting there was cash on the bed. There was ideas <laughs> written on paper towels. Napkins. <laughs> on yeah. na- napkins. So what, what are those ideas written on the na- on the napkins?
7: On the napkins, I know Shane's, again, been doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So on the plane ride here, I made sure I tried to do some stuff. So I broke yeah. out some napkins and wrote down basic structure of day one and day two, what we want to shoot and when. So it's basically a, sh- a shot. A list okay, a list yeah. a map, but it still needs to be reviewed, and then we'll probably put that on a paper towel,
1: okay? And and uh, and you know, we've talked about this video, we've had some phone calls about it, uh, we we talked a bit about it on the Bahamas trip. Is there anything yeah. that you haven't told me that uh, we should that is maybe unexpected or places well, you want to go? I know there's some shirtless scenes as we're jumping off uh, into a pool. Yeah, you have a six-pack, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I, I did
6: want to ask, because remember last year in the actual bachelor party, you kind of unexpectedly got up on stage. Oh, yeah. In, in Nashville. In Nashville yeah. at this bar. Yeah. This is how we're going to kind of end the video. Uh-huh. Uh, and you killed it, right? Like, people didn't know who... No one knows who you are in the States. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) well, like a handful of people. Yeah. (laughs) You guys are on your way up.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: But um, especially last year, no one knew who you were. But um, (laughs) when you got on stage, they just thought you were some Joe Schmo, and you ended up killing a rendition of uh, Miss Miss Jackson. Jackson. Miss Jackson, yeah. So are you able to do that with the band?
1: Yeah. Unless there's another song... Like yeah ladies, well that's so. what i, I, I mean, asked we, them We you can do miss a number jackson. of covers like that will would get the people going it, do you think miss jackson's the best song to get the crowd nah, we have a bunch i mean the, we've been we can do like jackson five i want you back everybody loves that song mm-hmm. and, and, if, and if you're looking for just a shot of people going wild
6: i just want you to win the crowd over yeah. so when you actually start drake's dad which is kind of one of your weirder songs yeah. but it's awesome once that chorus kicks in i just want that crowd to be with you so we can get like the lighters up and shit. We're going to be giving everyone in the audience lighters too. Oh, cool. But you got to use like your charm. Like, to, to hey, a- everybody, let's grab these lighters. And we'll like have like a bowl and you'll throw them around and shit like that. Yeah. And yeah. then so when it's like, hold up that light, I'm going home.
1: Oh, cool.
6: Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I,
1: yeah. That's, that's going to be like, the end. Um, What, what do you think uh, about the idea of me like prepping the crowd in Nashville to be like, hey, by the way, this is we got cameras here.
6: Yeah, of Play course. It up okay, Yeah, cool. like charm the shit out of the crowd, okay, awesome. get them on our side, and then that's how we'll end the video. Awesome.
1: Uh okay. Well, I, I mean I think that's a pretty good run through of the Drake's dad video. Uh and uh we should all go to bed soon because we got a big mm-hmm. day tomorrow. How much more prep work do you guys gotta do? An hour, probably. An hour, okay, cool. Uh, I didn't know that one.
7: A <laughs> <laughs> half hour. <laughs>
0: All right, that's it. That's all. That's our episode. Got to thank our ladies for coming on at the top. Big shout out to Danica and Lauren.
1: <laughs> We'd like to send a special uh, shout out just to the team. You know, they deserve a shout out every week. Dan Carruthers to help with the social media. Tara putting together uh, the bumpers. Um, Jenna, Jenna's doodles. Uh, Justin
0: Stockman, Greg Stewart, everybody who just listens and helps with the, with the show. We really appreciate all your help. Follow us at Micah Much on Instagram and Twitter. The Micah Much Podcast is produced by Max Kerman, and I am your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week. Do you guys know it?
3: If we don't die on the weekend.
0: Hey, yeah, yeah. You do know.